When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. and welcome to Thank the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Adam Russell. I'm your host, Ryan Key. Hey, I'm Nick. I'm a co-host. Are we all co-hosts? We are. I think we are. Or are we just hosts? We're the <laughs> trifecta of co-hosts. There we go. Tri-hosts. Is that a word? Yeah. It's yeah, a word a, now. I'm a tri-host. <laughs> yeah. Well, our group chat, where it's just the three of us, not the Thank the Maker chat, is triad? Triad, triad in the force? Triad yeah. in the force. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. So I'm a triad host. <laughs> yeah, it's like that pyramid energy shit that they sell you in like incense shops that you, you put the thing over your head and it makes your acne go away or some hokey bullshit that doesn't really happen. Like a pyramid? Like a multi-leveled, where? multi-tiered? Pyramid power, that's what they call it. <laughs> where, where are you shopping? <laughs> I have that koozie. Do or do not try? Yeah, I got a pack of them from my mom. Or, I mean, do or do, or do not, there is no try. Yes. Sick <laughs> Star Wars fan I am. Do do not that do not trying. Don't try or do it, whatever. <laughs> Just do or do not try. Try, it. T- try to try to don't try to use or, the force or do that was it. Just just do or do not it. That's a, a Nike Yoda <laughs> thing. Star Wars sports. <laughs> uh, I'm an idiot. So um, let's get right into this. We're here to continue our conversation. We're a Bad Batch recap show for a few weeks. This is The Bad Batch, Season 1, Episode 6, Decommissioned. Until we're in a Soka recap show and an Obi-Wan recap show and a <laughs> Book of Boba Fett recap show. And- Thank the Maker, a recap show. <laughs> Yo, what I am, I'm excited to recap is that Rogue Squadron. Yeah. I mean, dude, Thank the Maker, a Top Gun podcast. Adam, I went to see A Quiet Place Part 2 the other night and the extended, like su- super extended Top Gun Maverick trailer played in Dolby Cinema, and I literally stood up. I I was like, (laughs) I was everyone in the theater. My girlfriend was mortified. I was, I I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't actually stand up, but I did look at her and say, "I want to stand up," but I clapped like that, (laughs) loudly clapping. My eyes were quite teared. It's really going to be something, dude. Might I remind you? I requested off work for this release of this film three different times for the three different release dates. Now it's official. <laughs> it's in December. The day before, the day of, and the day after, they're blocked out. I'm coming to Nashville or you're coming to St. Louis. We are. It is officially December, right? It's not July anymore. Right. Yeah. It's like two days before Christmas, I think. Okay. Or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's happening. We're doing it. I told, I told Laura, like, just, you may, you can come if you want, but I'm wearing a bomber jacket and aviators and a white <laughs> yes. t-shirt. It's going to be really embarrassing. I'm going to get Maverick tattooed across the top of my head like it is on his helmet and the lines and everything. Just, just, just the lines on your forehead. You don't <laughs> yeah. shave your head to get like the whole helmet tattoo, just yeah. the front part. Yeah. Visor down on your cheeks, but your eyes still open. That would yep. look so corny and awesome. Oh God. Face tattoos are all the rage. Yeah. Anyways, so the Bad Batch. Hey, I left a couple of minutes ago. What have you guys been talking about? What have you done with those plans? 
The Bad Batch, Season 1, Episode 6, decommissioned, released this past Friday, June 4th, 2021, directed by Nathaniel Villanueva, who has some great Clone Wars credits. He did a couple in the last arc of Season 7, did some early stuff. He's been around a lot of really good stuff, a lot of Ahsoka-centric stuff, actually. Written by Amanda Rose Munoz, first time writing an episode, but she has been a script supervisor for the Clone Wars Rebels Resistance and already on the Bad Batch. So yeah, she's got a, a promotion for this show. Yeah. This one episode. Pretty cool. Starring the crew, of course, and Brigitte Kelly as Trace Martez, spoiler, and Elizabeth Rodriguez as Rafa Martez. Do you say Rafa or Rafa? Hmm. They say Rafa in the show, don't they? Yeah. I, I think Trace calls her Rafa, but well, other people pronounce it Rafa as well. The Long Island in me wants to say Rafa. Tatooine, Tatooine, Jerry, Gary, Larry. It's not Ray Fay. I'll tell you that much. Princess Leia, Princess Leia, (laughs) Han or Han, Falcon or Falcon. Welcome to Star Wars, everybody. (laughs) 24-minute runtime, Disney Plus description. On a mission to acquire a valuable asset, the Bad Batch encounters a smuggler after the same target. Mm. What do you guys think? First impressions. I think Drew's dog just laid down behind him and I want to pet it. Oh, good boy. Hey, boy. Good boy. Hey, boy. Hey, boy. <laughs> okay, what 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 do we think? What do we think? Um, I really liked this episode. Uh, there were there was a badass kind of Clone Wars droid shootout vibe. Yeah, I loved it. I did not make it to midnight, which is probably the first time since like Mando season one, season two, all this Bad Batch. I watched everything at midnight. I did not make it until midnight but i woke up at 4 a.m and was like all right i'm probably gonna fall asleep but let me just press play and within the first couple of minutes when sid said you're going to corellia i was like oh my god ryan (laughs) (laughs) oh my god oh my god it's happening everything we talked about and it didn't all happen but no we're circling we're still circling han solo here i felt uh i felt the same level of uh excitement as I did when when the rise of Skywalker started to reveal, as I've always said, I was just, I was right. I knew it yeah. all along. I had for like everybody. I had a couple yeah. of theories, but but the one I thought was most likely, I was right. But yeah, I was I I didn't know. I mean, I thought when they said you're going to Corellia, I was like, that's that's pretty unbelievable, pretty <laughs> unbelievable. There's no way Han Solo is going to be in this. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there's yeah, there's yeah. no way yeah, I'm getting yeah. it all in one episode. So yeah. do we go back later? I sure hope so but either way yeah i was really excited and was kind of looking forward to maybe some of that that solo um you know shipbuilding type environment when they got there which we didn't get but we traded it for a cool you know the the droid decommissioning facility which dude i i'm sure you guys did notice but right when they get inside and it sort of gives you the layout as soon as they kind of cut to dialogue there's like that crane noise from empire that's like that goes down to like pick up the carbonite yeah yeah it, it's it's just the same exact noise they're doing that a lot man they're throwing back these really iconic little sneaky sound designs from from the original trilogy and the and the prequels it's it's cool um yo how do we get a hold of that folder of foley yeah i don't know i don't know i guess gotta do a heist as we always say well you know we'll ask feloni when he when we have him on the show <laughs> I, I was absolutely, from the minute Sid said they were going to Corellia, up until the moment Trace literally took off her helmet and it was her, I thought the person stealing it was going to be Han Solo because I was just convinced they were going to Corellia and that we were all right. Yeah. <laughs> so I was not disappointed because the Martez sisters getting involved again kind of just gives weight to their appearance in season seven of The Clone Wars. So 
I really enjoyed the episode and I like the idea of bringing back two characters from season seven that everyone either thought was like perhaps maybe a throwaway or lesser known just because of they were like the inedible meat of season seven. You know, like we had Bad Batch (laughs) and then we had Mandalore and in between was the Martez sisters. So it was like, no, no, we we want we want more Ahsoka, you know, like get to Mandalore. So I'm I'm happy that they're involved in what seems like potentially could be... Uh, they, there were some clues, I think, that they're involved in the rebellion a little bit here. I loved it overall. It was super high energy again. You know, had that fast-paced action vibe that to me is like kind of Indiana Jones vibes. Mm-hmm. But there was a really good kind of like... I don't know if they like up the stakes. I just think the way it was maybe written and kind of directed and... It it just seemed a little more tense, like a little more suspense, a little more danger. Yeah. When they were fully cornered by those police droids, mm-hmm. it felt a little more dangerous than the previous episodes. Well, it had it had an adventure of the week kind of without the monster of the week. And I've always right. preferred that. Like the prison break episode in, in Mandalorian kind of, ha- you know what I mean? There's like that cool Star Wars prison break thing to it, even though it was a, an off episode, sort of an adventure of the week, as you'd call it. Mm-hmm. This yeah. one had that as well where like i said it was it had this cool old school clone wars droid shootout it was it was awesome yeah and i I forgot to mention one of the overall takeaways for me that i was just super annoyed yet also excited is the end of the episode it was such a good cliffhanger to remind us that this show isn't just adventures of the week i mean there's whoever's wearing that robe is going to blow our minds on some level. I mean, that's otherwise they would have just shown them this week, whoever it is. Exactly. Or if it was someone like people might be thinking it's like Saw Gerrera. I'm like, why would, why would they hide that from us? We just saw him a couple of Yeah, episodes, we've already seen you know? Saw. Right. No, it's not Saw. Yeah. Lastly, first impressions. I, I thought this was a more visually stunning episode than I think maybe we've seen yet. Man, eh, maybe first or second episode, there, there was some stuff that, that hung with it. But there was something about the dark kind of a molten metal lit environment that we spent the most time in that was just beautiful to me. And I, I think they, they did kind of, they're calling back to a lot of stuff from the prequels and like the droid factory and attack of the clones and stuff like that. But it just, it just looked better. It's beautiful. I think all the textures, everything, even like in the, the flyover of Corellia, I think just was a uh, top notch. You know what I mean? Most impressive. Most <laughs> impressive. All right, let's get into a really, really quick synopsis. So off the top, Sid sends the Bad Batch to Corellia to recover a separatist tactical droid. It's the droids that have sort of like a like a, a hard angled like cheeseburger head. Short yeah. circuit. Mixed with like a duck. You it always reminded me of the same, like similar shape of uh, like Leia's bounty hunter helmet. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah. The, the Bosch, kind of in that same shape. So they're trying to get this droid because they keep a lot of battle intel. There's a lot of files in the computer. They're in the computer. They're in the computer? <laughs> so in order to defeat the clones, they, you know, they want that tactical data because this is everything that they amassed over the course of the Clone Wars, the Separatists trying to fight the clones. On Corellia, the crew runs into the Martez sisters, as we mentioned, Trace and Rafa, who we met in the second arc of the Clone Wars Season 7, once Ahsoka kind of came back into things. Um, they're also trying to get their hands on the droid. There's a big shootout chase, like we talked about, kind of game of keep away with the Bad Batch between them and the Martez sisters and the Corellian police droids. The Bad Batch and the sisters team up reluctantly, 
mainly on the sister's side, and end up acquiring the head. Ultimately, um, they lose the head, but we find out towards the end, Tech had extracted everything, has it on a data stick, essentially a big-ass USB drive. It's very Star Wars techy. It's like right. they can fly in hyperspace, but it's like a track baton size <laughs> yeah. data stick. Like a candle holder. It is, like a candlestick, yeah. It's like yeah. the size of that. Hunter ends up just giving it to the Martez sisters, and it's a cool, we'll, we'll kind of discuss like his motivations there and how, how they're feeling character-wise, but the episode closes with the sisters reporting to their client, essentially, right? Via hologram, we don't see the client's face. We just see sort of a robe shoulder. It's roby. Yeah. It's got a roby vibe. <laughs> and it's like, hey, we got the stuff. Roll credits. Which could be total misdirection or total spot on. Yeah. Roby vibes typically mean two things, good guy or bad guy who uses the force. We have some thoughts. I think we each probably have like a, a pet theory. We'll talk about that in the after show segment for the patrons on Patreon. So let's discuss a little bit before we get into these other segments. I think like uh, it's pretty, it's just pretty solidified this episode that the Bad Batch have slipped into kind of like a mercenary bounty hunter lifestyle, their post soldier life. And just as we kind of expected based on the, the past couple, they slippery sloped right into yeah. that. Like, okay, well, we're just going to have to do jobs for money kind of yeah. thing. Hunter definitely had a little bit of a back and forth with Sid where he was like, I don't know if we're uh, going to work for you. Mm-hmm. And she's like, guess what? You are. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she goes, let me let me make the decision for you. You're in. Yeah. <laughs> but they, you know, they do in this episode bring it right back. I mean, I don't think they're done doing these jobs. And, I, yeah. you know, that may be how they get more and more intertwined in what's happening with the rebellion and the empire. But at the end, handing over the candlestick was mm-hmm. like, you're going to do the right thing with it because they said it was for the rebellion. So yeah. while he's turning to go back to Sid and pick, you know, I don't know, report back that they didn't get it or they're, they're, they need another job, whatever it's going to be. I think they are falling into that because they feel a little lost as, as soldiers. They don't know what they're supposed to be doing right now. Mm-hmm. But clearly the, the writing is to, you know, to lead us, steer us to like them being a part of the rebellion in some way yeah, finding some purpose that they feel mm-hmm. fulfilled by like they're they're on the right side at least hunter finding it and hunter's the leader so it's you know yeah it, it, they're all going to follow whatever he in the end decides they should be doing and really in in general i mean we haven't seen this but you could assume that they're they are special forces they weren't rogue while they were part of the republic they had a boss to send them on missions so right they kind of now have that again so it, it isn't said explicitly but Nick, you mentioned this earlier, one of you guys mentioned this earlier, about how the the Martez sisters are, it's kind of hinted that they're part of the rebellion in some way, one of these Mm -hmm. many rebel cells that eventually coalesce into the proper capital R rebellion that we know from 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. Has it been that long? (laughs) 43, 44? 44 years ago. Yeah, cool. Love that. Love that for us. I, I think it's cool that we're seeing through, mostly through all these cartoons, that they're just... It's not one big proper rebellion, mm-hmm. especially not at this point. That and Ro- and Rogue One. Yeah, it's it's really it, it feels so much more like real life. It's not just like a a generic good side, generic bad side. It, yeah, it's grassroots. It's tight. Well, you know what it is too. It, well, you know what it isn't. It's not a giant Death Star you could blow up. It's a bunch of little pockets that are really hard to yeah to yeah. destroy. You know, big personal stakes, little battles, mm-hmm. which makes for better storytelling. I, I like that we're like checking in with characters from the Clone Wars or even like 
what were the Zygarians up to now, you know? And, and now we have Trace and, and Rafa. We had Saw Gerrera. We had Cut. It's like all these people who seemed almost like, not inconsequential, but maybe like... Peripheral. Yeah, peripheral people to like move a plot along. But now we're seeing that they matter and that they're going to matter, which I think is really cool and shows me that some people need to shut up when they complain about certain characters when they see them for the first time. Yeah, give it time. <laughs> give it time, Kevin. <laughs> Nick, you had this thing here about Omega kind of having noodly arms with the bow at the beginning, yeah. but then was stronger by the end of the episode, maybe. Yeah, I don't like, you know, we, we've covered a couple of weeks ago, like just trying to figure out what's so special about Omega. And if it's not for sensitivity, maybe her mutation is learning things quickly, specifically learning the traits of all the dudes in the Bad Batch. And I wonder if this was kind of like, oh, she's weak at the beginning. And then at the end, she kind of figured it out. I know there were some other things there where she was able to like almost concentrate and like tune out distractions and that helped her aim mm -hmm. better. But maybe there's something there where I feel like Sid mentioned her being weak at the beginning, you know, and then by yeah, the end the, of the episode, the, she was not. She could hardly fire a bolt yeah. out of, out of the, the bow and arrow at the mm -hmm. beginning, but she was kind of annihilating at the end, wasn't she? Yeah. Yeah. yeah she was great. So there's something there. Yeah. I mean, not, not even, I don't, I, I don't even really want to speculate it. I just yeah. kind of want to let it happen because totally. that, that's so not, you can't explain that away. Like as a, as a writer, if it's not something in mm -hmm. my opinion, yeah. you know, I mean, you, she couldn't have been just weak and not able to use the weapon. And then 20 minutes later, yeah. granted, I know where it's much longer than 20 minutes in, in the show itself, but like in the story, but I just saying like, by the end of a 20-minute episode, she's just like, yeah. you know, that's something that means something. And I'm yeah. excited to find out what it is. Oh, you know what was another instance of actual, like, strength was she was stuck for a minute, like, under that battle droid, which was strange when she was on the con conveyor belt. Mm -hmm. But then when um, I think it was Trace rescued her from, like, before she was about to fall into, like, that vat of, like, molten droids. She straight up picked up a battle droid leg and swung it above her head. So I feel like maybe that was like another exhibition of strength there. Yeah. Anything farther than that is after show material. <laughs> Become a patron at patreon.com slash thankthemakerpod. Money, money, money. <laughs> <laughs> I want the money. You know what movie that's from? No. I want the money. I was thinking Big Lebowski. Vegas Vacation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The big thing we haven't talked about yet, we should discuss a little bit. Wrecker's chip. Mm. kicking in yeah. yeah that was a big few moments right there it was the first show of like i don't want to say humanity because when he when he made omega her room you know it was a really like sweet moment where he he was very excited and like warmed to to her being there like i made this for you so it's not that mm -hmm. but it was in my opinion the first time that we've left that sort of one note performance yeah, you know yeah. what i mean like yeah. when he was down and rolling around and good soldiers he he was starting to kind of change and you felt it some, and he was it was like some the, like dramatic depth yes it was and and even when he got up and got back into the fight it was different it wasn't like i'm back okay blow up stuff it was like <laughs> yeah. he kind of came to it was like oh uh, i got i have to do this i have to help them i have to save them 
there was more depth to his character in this episode than any of the previous five, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, man, it was really good. I think, uh, you know, we're seeing this and the, the rest of them aren't. So at some point, I wonder if he... I wonder if... Do you think the inhibitor chip is like a trance? Like, does he realize he did that and he fought it off? Is he going to maybe in the next episode go say, hey, guys, something's up? Or does he not even know that? It I was wondering that. Yeah. I don't know, because he hasn't gone that far yet. It's just been yeah. a headache. I mean, because he, he said the words. Yeah. We did mention in the, in the break, breakdown. Totally. He, he was saying good soldiers follow orders. Mm-hmm. He was hearing Crosshair's voice in his head. Yeah. Like you're saying, is he even aware? Very interesting. Or was he just like, oh, I blacked out, mate? <laughs> Yeah, it all leads to, you know, if Omega's Force-sensitive and he's following orders, you know, like that might be like yeah, a real man. crazy emotional moment where, because they've also worked on, that's like a brother, older brother, little sister vibe. So mm-hmm. I wonder if they're building that up to make like the opposite kind of hurt more for us to watch, you know, where yeah. if he's going after her at some point, if she is Force-sensitive. I mean, the break is imminent, yeah. so it could get gnarly. Something, I, maybe this is just me being like a kid of the 90s Terminator super fan, but everything about their relationship and that whole scene in the the factory, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. where he was struggling to get up, he, you know, he came in, kind of saved the day in, in a way at the end. It reminded me so much of Terminator 2. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. Arnold, you know, he gets stabbed through the body by the, the T-1000 and he's kind of like pinned to the floor and he has to rip the thing out and he like stumbles over and finally kind of, he comes up with the shotgun and, you know, fires the last blast to kill the Terminator. And then like the the parent-child vibe between John Connor and, and Arnold, you know, it's so similar, I think. Yeah. Thank the maker, a Terminator podcast. <laughs> Yo. Let us know if you want that. Let's make that happen. We'll put that on the short list of other movies that we do for patrons. Did you guys notice in the when they're in the facility and they're going down that spiral staircase, which, by the way, spiral staircase in Star Wars, kind of crazy. First appearance. Um, yeah. I forget who it is. Probably Hunter leading the way stuns like the facility, you know, workers. But there's this real like weird like humanity moment where the second the worker sees Hunter or whoever it is, he goes, <gasps> And then get stunned. Yeah, so yeah. all that dude did was react and then get stunned. He was like, <gasps> and then yeah. it was like, it's really weird to like add that because I feel like that's like a real reaction. You know, like if someone yeah. surprised you, you would be like, as <gasps> opposed to them just running through the hallways, Star Wars style, yeah. blasting and ending everyone. You yeah, know, like yeah. no right, one right. gets a chance to even react or. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I didn't notice that, but I think that's a very cool observation. Yeah. It was, it was like a. a actual piece of humanity like what I would, someone would do if all of a sudden someone jumped in front of them with a gun you know yeah and then they st- stunning that person rather than blasting them yeah totally that's humanity for the bad batch mm-hmm. good 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 good. Eye. good good one question without <laughs> uh speculating who who asked sid to get the tactical droid head mm. you know like we no idea yeah. Faceless buyer. Yeah. We're, we're wondering because of the Andy episode who hired the Martez sisters, but who, who asked Sid? Maybe the same person. Mm. Just, you know, they're like a record label in 2003. Let's sign <laughs> yeah. all the pop punk bands, throw them at the wall and see which one sticks. <laughs> I thought about that. Maybe it is just kind of like casting a wide net, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, all you guys go work on this. Just like the, what did they, they pulled some shit like that in the Mandalorian, right? The idea of like hiring multiple bounty hunters all to get Grogu. Yeah, yeah. The Empire hired tons of bounty hunters all to go get Grogu. But wasn't there a specific thing? I don't know. Either way, yeah, there it is. Let's do the one certain point of view thing here. A certain point of view? 
Many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. Obviously, the one uh, internet troll punch-out session is going to be over the Martez sisters for this one, right? <laughs> yeah. A lot of people don't like them for whatever reason. I, I think that, I mean, yeah, sure, people didn't like them, but I think that that goes into just people didn't like the arc. You know, they like mm-hmm. Ahsoka coming back into this, like, adventure arc with new characters wasn't what people wanted to see when Ahsoka came back. I, I think yeah. it comes down to that a lot, but I think that this is just a further testament to how good Dave Filoni is at his freaking job because... He's like, oh, you didn't like that? Well, watch this shit. Yeah. I'm going to make them essential in this like rebellion-centric mission, mm-hmm. whatever it is. I mean, you know, nobody knows what it is yet. But to bring them back in at this point in the game and have them be very much... I mean, they were like, we're doing jobs, we're getting money, and we're getting out. You know, they were they were thieves, they were mechanics, they were like hustlers. And clearly, they're involved now. They also didn't care for the Jedi, you know, in that arc. They, right. they were kind of thought that the Jedi were prolonging the war or just kind of, you right. know, a part of it as opposed to the good guys in the war. Am I wrong in remembering that they like weren't, it was like they weren't into the Jedi, but they also were just kind of like doing their own thing. Like they were just running yeah. jobs. They weren't, they didn't have like a purpose. They weren't trying to be a part of. They're just trying to survive. Yeah, they were just surviving. They weren't, I, I would get, I would say if you had gone, gone to them at that point in the Clone Wars and said, hey, do you want to be a part of this, like, fight, this rebellion? They would have said, no, we're, we're not we're not into that. Like, we do our own thing. And between then and now, clearly they've, you know, whoever this cloaked, mysterious being is has turned them to the light, you know, turned them to the rebellion. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole thing there at the end of the episode was that's informa- valuable information for the rebellion. They're fighting the Empire. So, yeah. yeah, big change for them, and I think an important place in the Star Wars story for them yeah, now. And, and Rafa even says it at the end. It's like, take it from me. In the end, we all choose sides. So they yeah. were very not on a side when we first met them in exactly. season seven, and now I think it's pretty clear. So, like, her own quote is saying, take it from me, like, even we chose a side. Meaning, mm-hmm. like, I take from that, like, we never w- thought we would have... Yeah. You know, if you'd told me in a million years, I'd be working, you know, working for this company. Mm-hmm. Ha 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 kind of thing, you know, but here they are fighting yeah. for the rebellion. I actually was really pleased to see them, which is a little weird because I didn't dislike them in season seven, but I felt like a lot of people like, just like you're saying, Ryan, just get, get me to the stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we're all like, everybody just wants to see Ahsoka reunite with Anakin, right? So we had to sit through a few episodes of these brand new people at the very end of this Clone Wars story. So it's kind of like, oh, okay, come on, come on, come on. Mm -hmm. But without all of that sort of like anxiety about wrapping up Clone Wars season seven, seeing them here is like, oh, damn, I know these people. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know? So I had a completely different reaction than I, if you said, hey, man, if the Martez sisters show up, are you going to be into that? I'd be like, I guess. But watching it, I was like, oh, sweet. Yeah. I mean, they have a purpose now. So if you thought they were meaningless in the Clone Wars season seven, now they have a purpose. And so shut up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and don't discount the racist, sexist people. Like For if you sure. look at comments on like their, the Star Wars latest post, there's people who are just like worst voiced characters ever. I'm like, how can you hate their voices? Like, right. <laughs> like what, like, what are you saying? That's a non-white woman, and you're annoyed at that. That's what's going on here, right? And that's what it really is. Yes, and and you don't want to, you don't, you don't have the balls to show your racism that blatantly yeah. in public. Exactly. So people suck. Some percent of the hate on the Martez sisters is just 
those things for sure. For sure. Well, people suck and Star Wars is awesome, so <laughs> suck it. <laughs> Let's move on. Before we get into the den, I want to apologize to all the parents out there that I just said balls. <laughs> also, I want to apologize for uh, politics taking over the entire podcast. <laughs> 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 that one guy yeah, we're the worst. who no longer listens to us. The one one-star <laughs> review, man. Hey, while we're talking about one-star reviews, I've been meaning to say this for months. Somebody gave us a great review on iTunes, but accidentally clicked one star. <sighs> Whoever you are, go back. Yeah, I know. Change it. We forgive you. We don't hate you. We'll give you a second chance. I hadn't looked at the reviews in so long that when I went and looked and saw how many we have, I was like, wow. Yeah. We have a little podcast here, don't we? It's really weird to... Uh, consider things like reviews and ratings and subscriptions and smashing like buttons and all that type of stuff but that stuff really matters it really does matter to us and our placement in podcast world and spotify and apple and all that stuff so if you can't take a minute to uh do any of those things it goes a long way oh no here it is oh it's just rob adam ryan and nick thank you as a huge star wars fan and of their bands, this podcast is great. It's funny and informative and positive. All this great stuff here. But one star. <laughs> oh, it's just Rob accidentally <laughs> gave us one star. So you can go back and change that. Oh, it's just Rob. Rob, please. <laughs> just do us a solid. We're batting a thousand because too much politics guy doesn't, he doesn't count. That, that just doesn't count. That, that's not, I'm not going to, if someone had some constructive criticism of like, hey, you guys should not be in broadcasting. You don't know what you're doing. Your <laughs> diction is wrong or your grammar is terrible yeah. or you're, you know, you, you don't know what you're talking about with this sort of aspect of Star Wars. None of that. It just yeah. says too much politics. You don't <laughs> count. So, Rob, you're our only one star review and it was an accident. So if you're listening, you could go back and change it. Or maybe, just maybe, you think one is really good and five is bad. <laughs> I mean, it's opposite day. Being first, being yeah. number one. He's like, you guys are number one, one star. One and only star that matters. Well, if that's <laughs> the case, I, you know, we're, at, we're explaining to you that it actually works the other way, but I don't think that's, <laughs> I don't think that's the case. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt, Rob, that you just smashed the wrong button on accident. Speaking of stars and awards and coins and stuff, in Sid's uh, little bar, whatever she has, she's got some slot machines in there, and those slot machines on some of the reels, have battle droid and clone helmets. Yeah, it's so funny. That was a hell of a segue, brother. Right into the den. <laughs> I do my best. You just slid into the den. You know how I slide into the den. <laughs> slid into the DA. <laughs> um, the bow training, the, uh, what do you call it, the energy bow, I feel like was a throwback to Luke's lightsaber training in the Falcon with the training droid. Mm -hmm. Like the feedback, like it kind of ignore distractions, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, focus. And yeah. her reaction, like, with the blast shield down, I can't even see. <laughs> She's yeah. like, but I've already hit the target three times. You know, she's kind of oh, the yeah. same vibe of like, why do you want me to keep doing this? Speaking of throwbacks to the original trilogy, the Havoc Marauder, the Bad Batch's ship, sneaking onto Corellia, attached to a container ship, Classic Han move. Classic. Also an Obi-Wan move, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. From the prequels. Good stuff. Funny, because canonically, this happened before Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. But there was also like a weird, I guess, like a nod to everyone watching it, because did Echo say this old trick, you know? 
Because it's like an yeah. old trick to us because yeah, yeah. we've seen it so many times. But like I said, right. canonically, it's probably yeah. not happened too often yet. Speaking of Corellia, like we mentioned before, I don't know if we said this specifically, but that's Han Solo's home planet. That's where um, the Millennium Falcon and a bunch of other big famous ships are built. It's That's their like main export is ships, right? Yeah. We were so close. We were so he was close there. to like, me. He just, was on the planet, you know, like he was a little kid somewhere. I was just going to run through the streets. Just, <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping maybe we get like Lady Proxima or yeah. something or like little Kira, like, you know, being a barista somewhere or something. Yeah, it could have been Kira stealing the he- the, he- the the droid mm. heed yeah. <laughs> at the beginning. Speaking of droids, the, one of the police droids says Ichita. Love that. Which we know to mean. <laughs> you. <laughs> you, buddy. <laughs> Another droid tidbit. R7A7, the astromech, the yellow and maroonish astromech droid that's with the Martez sisters, is Ahsoka's droid from the Clone Wars. Mm. So that, that makes you think. That makes you think about the robe. Yeah. So it just it, uh, it seems obvious, but yeah. don't care. Don't care. Not going to speculate till after show, but don't care. But here's some clues. We won't speculate, but... Okay. Okay, okay. so R7 is Ahsoka's droid. Give us, like, yeah, give us hard evidence. We got that Detective one. Detective Gambarian. They did They did refer to the person in the hollow as a male. Okay. Okay. He said he. Here's my big thing, and all I'm going to say, and I think this, this leans me in a direction of who I think it might be, the Martez sisters, specifically Rafa is using a clone blaster. Mm. So I think that's a little clue that's really overlooked because I threw that in our Discord saying I found another clue and everyone was uh, asking me what it was and I didn't want to like give my theory away until we recorded, but they're using clone blasters. I I already know what it is and I'm excited. Let's go. After show, let's go. Let's wrap this up. Yep. (laughs) Last thing we'll say about R7 is that R7 was one of the three droids that kind of just like sacrificed themselves to get Rex and Ahsoka off the ship yep. with the distraction. They all got blasted by the clones. And what we see at the very end of the Clone Wars, that kind of final shot of the crashed Star Destroyer with the um, all the graves, mm-hmm. R7 is kind of like propped up there. Yeah, under the Y-wing that they like kind of crashed on the planet on. So something happened in the meantime. So it's almost like they're not writing this as they go. <laughs> you know, like they've, they've thought of these things. Mm. Yeah. And he's like, I'm writing Clone Wars season seven. And in two years from now, they're going to need this droid. So let's make sure that droid who's totally busted is in a pile under that Y-wing. See you in the next series. Yeah. Very clearly displayed there. Not like, yeah. I mean, it's part of the silhouette of, of the mm-hmm. shot. So yeah, deliberate. All right, moving on. I love you. I know. Favorite scenes, favorite quotes. I want to say overall, before I hand it off to you guys, the overall vibe, the suspenseful action-adventure Indiana Jones vibes made me just love this episode entirely. And it was kind of just three sequences, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The majority of which being kind of all the action, the keep you know game of keep away in the decommissioning facility. And I just loved it. I was watching it like fully edge of my seat, like, hell yeah, this is Star Wars. Well, I would take it back to the beginning of kind of what I was saying at the beginning of the episode here that sometimes, I mean, there, there, this episode isn't just an adventure of the week one, though, because A, it separated itself from sort of like the monster of the week vibe that we talk about sometimes where it's like 
this big bad they have to fight to get through to the end. You know what I mean? Some of those definitely can be less interesting for me. This one, even though they were on this side mission, it it's so deeply rooted and connected to Star Wars, the rebellion, the the, the info that's needed, you know, to help the rebellion and, and the rebellion's just being born right now. And this mission was essential to it. I mean, that's all happening here. And we're getting a classic blaster fight between clones and droids. I mean, so yeah, I'm agreeing with you, but also say like, this was just such great straight up Star Wars. And there, there wasn't, even though it was a, a an adventure of the week, it didn't have any kind of like this is playing to kids. You know, this is a cartoon. These are the episodes that I get the most excited about. Mission with a major purpose and very Star Wars blaster bolts flying everywhere mm-hmm. battles. I mean, it's, it was awesome. Yeah. That said, picking a favorite scene is hard because... Or moment. As you said, yeah, or moment because it's kind of just a three sequence. So I would definitely say that my favorite moment, and sorry if I'm stealing the thunder again if when I go first. Because I don't know, sometimes it's like, yeah, duh, we all are going to say that one. Sometimes it's not, though. Definitely the final the final moment. Watching the whole episode, having, having a ton of fun, and then getting super brought back down to earth. Like, you know, they're dropping knowledge. Like, who is this hooded figure? Who is this? What yeah. does this robe mean? That was for sure my favorite moment of the episode. I dig for one major reason that the whole wrecker, you know, finally going over inching closer towards his inhibitor chip actually affecting him. I think that was a obviously not like a favorite moment. I don't love that moment, but that's the most intriguing moment to me in that in that episode. I feel the same way and and I'm actually like referencing this right now because I'm not remembering exactly how it panned out from when he was down and kind of out of commission for a minute and then came back to rejoin the fight, but it's really in my mind kind of a combination of of that moment and everybody being backed into a corner by the battle droids thinking it's all going to hell. And then Wrecker pushing his way up. He like does a push up, you know, groaning, like yeah. to pull himself together. I'm watching it right now. It's so dope. I think especially because it's like Ryan, you said a more human or whatever, or a more dramatic moment for him character moment. Yeah, here it is. He drops right in the middle, fires on all of them, starts throwing droids everywhere. That's it for me. That little sequence. That's for sure my favorite Mm -hmm. but i will say also is like kind of an honorable mention as weird as this is when they get the the separatist droids the battle droids reprogrammed and firing on all the other droids i was surprisingly like oh i'm not even mad at these clankers right now for these stupid voices like good to see you guys it's been a while that actually (laughs) goes into my favorite quote of this because it kind of got me thinking it was just like a little throwaway like annoying droid thing where it's like one droid's like huh what's happening the other one's like i don't know did we win i was like wait a minute (laughs) you were just decommissioned did you have like were you thinking the entire time like what do you mean did we win you were just dead and then turned back on and now you're wondering if you won like i don't know i just assume when like they're dead they're dead not necessarily like turned off you know, like I kind of just figured they were like broken and dead and they were about to be turned into molten lava. I didn't necessarily think that you would just be turned on and be like, did we win the war? I don't know. Kinda. Well, yeah, it's kind of like when they die, it's just like it's paused, you know? Yeah, I guess. And then they're revived. They're like, where the hell am I? What happened? Did we yeah. win? Yeah. So good quote, though. It's also weird that a droid would want to win. Like you would just think that they would, they're just a droid. Shoot. Who cares? Yeah. But it's like a weird like personification of them or something like that where they're like, they yeah, did want to win. That's weird. Yeah. Anthropomorphizing those goofy droids is 
I mean, that's part of what makes them the characters that they are. Yeah. They are kind yeah. of anthropomorphized. Either way, so that's your uh, favorite quote? Yeah, sure. Ryan, what about you? Take it from me. In the end, we all choose sides. For all the reasons I sort of explained earlier, that it makes it the sisters' appearance back in the story very cool to me because yeah, they totally. were forced to choose a side and they did it. I think I'm going to pick that one as well for all the same reasons, but my honorable mention is going to be one that for some people I would assume is a little too slapsticky, a little too uh, goofy. The Is there an echo in here? Yeah. <laughs> an echo pops up. Yeah. Great moment. Not as much of a quote, but uh, funny. I thought it was funny. I laughed out loud. It was kind of like you saw it coming, but then when you were right, you were like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Dad jokes. Yeah, totally. All right. As always, we pulled the patrons. If you want to be a patron and you want to vote in these and make your voice heard, patreon.com slash thankthemakerpod is where you can go. You'll also get the after show content, all the speculation. You get access to our Discord server where everybody's talking about cool stuff. We're kind of pre-theorizing with everybody in the uh, in the spoiler channel. It's good times. Sending each other memes. Memeing it. Also, guess what? Whether or not you want to do it, we want you to do it. Yeah. We're the Sid in this situation. We want yeah. you to be Patreoned. So do it. Hey, something about that. You do get these things, right? But I've always looked at Patreon as not just a place to get more stuff, but a way to help people continue doing what they're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a place to help creators. Like we're not, we don't get a record deal. We, we're not getting signed. We don't have any ad revenue on this. I mean, every once in a while you drop an anchor commercial, but like we're not getting sponsored and endorsed by companies that are like making Adam's free time. He uses all week to edit this show a way to make a living. So it's a, it's a yeah. platform to help creators keep creating content for you as a, as a listener or a fan. And you know, it's a community of support. And instead of saying, hey, we made this thing, now please buy it from us. Instead, it's like, hey, we make this stuff. And people say, oh, I like that you make that stuff. Here's some money. Keep going. Keep making more. Mm-hmm. Here's $3. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm signing up. Screw it. Dude, thank you for your patronage. You're in. $3 a month, though. I'm not doing 15 <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. Let's see what the patrons thought. <laughs> Favorite scenes. Five nominees. First, Echo Training Omega with her new crossbow. It's a good one. Nominee number two, the Bad Batch and the Martez sisters battling, chasing in the decommissioned plant. That whole extended sequence, basically. Third nominee, Trace and Hunter save Omega from the molten vat of battle droids. It's a classic kind of like cliffhanger, cliffside kind of moment. Fourth nominee, Tech and Trace reprogramming the battle droids to fire on the police droids. I love how she goes, it didn't work. (laughs) Fifth and final nominee, Trace, Rafa, and R7 communicating via hollow with the unknown contact. With someone's shoulder. The shoulder in question. Hey, shoulder person, we got the thing. (laughs) First place with 46% of the vote. I'm surprised by this. Echo training Omega with her new crossbow. Interesting. Is that surprising to you guys? I mean, it's a good moment, but... Yeah. To get 46%. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised that like the chase battle stuff didn't kind of win. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the most action packed part of the episode. Yeah. Second place with 18% though, is the hollow communication at the end, the final scene. Favorite quotes. The first one is between Sid and tech. I assume you boys know what a tactical droid is. They were the oper- The operational brains of the separatist military. Blah, 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 blah. This is my briefing goggles. Second nominee, 
my honorable mention. Is there an echo in here? Yes. What? I'm Echo. Really? Nominee number three, the battle droids, like Nick talked about. Huh? What's happening? I don't know. Did we win? Fourth nominee. I actually like this one a lot. I almost made this my honorable mention. Yeah, it's adorable. Omega talking about uh, Ord Mantel being a little seedy and being really pumped about it. Yeah, she's psyched. <laughs> you should come visit us sometime. Isn't that part of Ord Mantel a little seedy? Very. It's great. Danger. Dirtiest place I've ever been. I love it. And the fifth and final nominee, Hunter and Rafa, talking about some philosophical stuff. To be honest, things were clearer when we were just soldiers. Take it from me. In the end, we all choose sides. And the winner with 70% of the vote. First place, 70% goes to, is there an echo in here? Yes. That's so good. Dad jokes. It's yeah, <laughs> it's great. I'm Echo. Second place with a mere ten percent. To be honest, things were clearer when we were just soldiers by Hunter. And then Rafa responds, take it from me. In the end, we all choose sides. Good stuff. Yeah, this was a great episode. Real pumped. Can't wait. I mean, when you leave off with like a cliffhanger like that, it's like I guess we're gonna get the answer this Friday, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Are we? We might. We'll see. Well, we'll speculate about that in the after show. So again, patreon.com slash thankthemakerpod if you want to check that out. It's video, by the way. It's a little looser. It's just conversation. It's fun. Just hangs. Yeah. Hangs with buds. Buds hanging. (laughs) Hanging buds. (laughs) Also, we've mentioned this before, but this continues to be the case. At least half of the listeners of this podcast are not subscribed. We can see that in our analytics. You're not hiding from us. We know it. We know it to be true. Fulfill your destiny. Yes. Subscribe. Do it. <laughs> it's important. You know, like right now, if I could just say like in the coffee world and just out there, it seems like people are going out and, you know, the world's opening up a little bit. So maybe they're not relying on podcasts to hear humans talk, you know? So like maybe you're going to slip and forget to listen to an episode of Thank the Maker, you know? So subscribe so you get a notification. Notification. And if Thank the Maker isn't enough Star Wars for you and you need another podcast, you can check out our sister podcast, Armor Party, which is all about costuming, armor building, props, stuff like that. Our friend Mike of Hondo Supply fame, he hosts that, and it's great. It's really, really good. He has a guest on every single week, always, you know, someone who's 501st certified or something, great builders, people with big social media followings because they make awesome stuff. So check that out. It's Armor Party. You can find it anywhere that you find podcasts, same place you find ours, you'll find that one. You can also go to thankthemakermerch.com if you want a sick Thank the Maker blouse. We have a new one coming. We have Super Bad Batch coming. I just got it from Mike. It's dope. Sweet. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can find us on Instagram at thankthemakerpod, on Twitter at thankthemaker. My stuff is all at Adam the Skull. Mine is at William Ryan Key. And I'm at Nick Bayside, and seriously, I'm at like 19.489 followers, and it's really annoying me. I'd like to be at 19.5, so <laughs> <laughs> if I could get like, you know, like... Give the man a follow. Nine or ten of you. I mean, it's one of those things. He works things, so you know? hard. Yeah, I, I mean, the people who can't even subscribe aren't even going to follow me. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> Dudes, this was a fun one. Everybody, thanks for listening. Patrons, we'll catch you on the after show segment. And until next time, may the force be with you. 